0: what's up guys and welcome to thirsty thursday i hope you guys have had a great week so far and i hope you enjoyed the tail end of march madness uh this past weekend and monday but today we're just going to talk about um i told you guys last week i wanted to talk to you guys about the women's basketball coaches association um it's a membership that i hold and um actually i haven't renewed it yet because of the whole pandemic deal um but i definitely once everything kind of gets back up and going again i do plan on um rejoining uh, but i wanted to tell you guys about it um this is more so for people who are in women's basketball and <clears throat> we're going to talk about that today excuse me we're going to talk about that today and really, that's just it, pretty much. We're just going to chop it up about that. And then um, I uh, wanted to talk, I, I guess, do like a a little mini wrap-up, nothing too big, um, about the uh, championship games. Um, and then after we talk about that, I'll talk about the uh, WBCA. Let's get into it. so we're just gonna go ahead and jump right in it so I'm gonna start with the men because I um started with the women last week and then this will also help me transition into talking about the WBCA and I'm not sure last week for some reason I think I called South Carolina's big by the wrong last name I'm not sure I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it but something in my spirit told me that I did but If I did, I apologize. Her name is Boston. Her last name is Boston. Um, For some reason, I felt like I was calling her Coleman, but I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. But if I did um, say her name incorrectly, I apologize. And I know that. She's the best center in the country. Anywho, um, but the men's game. Okay, we're going to start with this. Gonzaga and Baylor. So I'm not even really going to touch on it a lot. I could talk about this all day and how people are saying that Gonzaga is overrated. But I just really don't think that an overrated team goes undefeated all the way to a national championship team. Um, I think that's uh, I think that's crazy to say. And I said championship championship game. But um, I just think Baylor was very good. I thought that they peaked at the right time. Um, when I saw them play during the regular season, I thought, dang, that team is good. And not only were they good, they're de- they're like. And a prime example is this, when they played the other night on Monday night, they had some people in foul trouble, but there was no letdown from their bench. It was like no drop off whatsoever. Their bench was, is just, their team is deep, right? And they're just collectively very good. It was a well-coached game. The kids played hard and they didn't care about foul trouble. On the other hand, I think Gonzaga came out and they low-key looked scared, Um, which I don't get that. It's a championship game, baby. I get it. Right at the beginning, you can have some, you know, little jitters just because you're on the big stage. Okay, shake it off. Let's go. And I felt like they started off in too big of a hole. And that hole that they dug themselves in, they couldn't get out of it because when they did go on a run, they couldn't contain Baylor's runs. So like right before the half, they went on a run and it was a pretty decent one. I think it was either like eight or nine 0 run, but they were still down by 10. And it's like, you can't be down by that much and go on runs. And then you go into the halftime and then Gonzaga uh, uh, Baylor comes out and goes on like a six or seven zero run right at the beginning of the half Um, at the, excuse me, the beginning of the third quarter. And I don't get that. It's like, bro, you just came out of halftime. <laughs> like, play some defense. I mean, they were getting killed on the boards. The, the, the big men from from Baylor, superb. I mean, they played excellent. And you know, like I said, they had some that were in time and that were that they were in foul trouble that it didn't matter. But like Jalen was in foul trouble early. He had two fouls. And the Zags, I'm not saying that their next guy up or the next guys up aren't good, but Jalen changes that team, right? He is the heart and soul of that team. When he was on the bench, it you could tell. I mean, because sometimes when players like of that magnitude leave the floor, you almost lose some form of leadership. Almost. Even if you're on the bench, it's just not the same. So... I mean, and I feel like Coach even realized it because he played with two fouls in the first half. Towards the end, I mean, it was just like he can't sit anymore; he has to go in. And I thought he was smart; he didn't pick up a third one. Um, but I thought, you know, I think he finished. Yeah, he finished with 22 points. Um, Jared Butler for uh, Baylor was excellent; he had 22 points as well. So you got to think at the amount of time that Jalen sat, he was he still had 22. So, when he goes out, they really feel that. Um, But I do want to congratulate Baylor. Uh, You know, hopefully next year we can get a rematch. Now, of course, I want my Georgia Bulldogs in there, but I'm a realist. Uh, I love y'all dogs. (laughs) But um, maybe we get a rematch next year. You know, and it'll be different. Um, as you guys strive to make history, because y'all didn't look like y'all wanted to uh, make history when y'all stepped on that floor the other night. But congratulations to the Baylor, uh, uh, to the Baylor uh, staff, to the players, to the fans, um, and to the institution as a whole. Um, congratulations to you guys. And now I'm just gonna move over, and we're gonna talk about the women's um championship game. So, like for the women. Um, like I told you guys, I, I just think the women's tournament this year was just bomb altogether. I thought I thought every team competed this year, and it wasn't like, well, I'm a 15 seed, you know, I'm going to lay down. Everybody played hard. You know, there were some games that were blowouts, but overall I thought the women's tournament was excellent. I mean, just superb. Um, Arizona and Stanford, great game. Stanford almost gave that game away again. <laughs> turning the ball over. Um, but they did what they needed to do. 54-53. Uh, and, whew, controversial, I would say. Arizona had a chance. Um, I'm curious to know what was said in that huddle. And I'm going to say this from a coaching perspective, right, because I told you I like to give you guys take some time from a coaching perspective. I don't like to question a coach's decision because a coach made a decision for a reason, right? And I wouldn't want somebody to coach my decision because in my mind, when I drew this up or when I said X, Y, Z, it made sense to me, right? So whatever made sense in my head, I put it on paper and now it's time for my team to execute. In the same breath, if, if that's what Coach Barnes drew up, For basically everybody knew in the gym who was going to get the ball, McDonald, right? So now it's McDonald's job to look at the defense and use your basketball IQ and you can't be robotic. If the play breaks down, the play breaks down. None of her teammates moved besides the one girl that started out on the free throw. All the, there was a girl, if you look at the clip, if you go back and look, look at the clip, first of all, they almost threw the ball away. Right? Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like when kids get, and I don't want to call them kids because I know these are like 18, 19 year old women, but you know what I'm saying? The situation is this. I'm pretty sure Arizona had one or two more timeouts. I think one, at least one. I know they weren't out. You've got a kid taking out the ball. She almost throws it away. Doesn't call timeout. That's what I'm saying because it was it, she needed to get the ball in. So I felt like that was a that was a brain fart right there because your play is already like – it's like a tipped pass. It already took momentum from McDonald because she had to pretty much jump out the gym to catch the ball because it was almost turned over and because she had to bobble and fool with it to get the inbound it allowed the defense to swarm her right she had two people on her and there was a girl to her right that was sagging i mean like the girl who she was guarding was wide open on the three point line right so really and truly if you look at the possession stanford's defense was horrible as a, if you really look at it Now, the on-ball defense, I'll give give them that. You know, they put pressure on her. um, They caused a bad pass. But after the ball was inbounded, if Stanford would have lost that game, it would have been purely because of their last stop defensively. Because the girl had cheated so far over, she dang near had three people on her. And instead of her making the extra pass, she chose to shoot a fadeaway with 6.1 seconds. That was way too much time on the clock. Okay, I'll give it to you. It's fair. You bob with the ball. The defense caught up to you, right? So then you take a dribble to your right, but your teammate doesn't move. Even if that teammate that was over there doesn't take threes, I can't even remember who it was that was over there. If she's not a three-point shooter, if you cut to the basket, you're going to make a wide-open layup. Wide open because Jones was so far sucked over that if she did try to recover, she would have tried to take a charge, she would have been too far under and it would have been a blocking foul, you would have been on the free throw line shooting free throws. You see what I'm saying? It just it it was it was a I can't I can't put that all on the coach. Cuz in her mind, like I said, in her mind there was something that she drew up for them. And you always want your best player to have the ball in their hands. I get that. But then it's up to them to use their basketball IQ to play outside of that play after the bad pass inbound, no timeout. Then you've got her like bobbling the ball. She's got the ball. And then she didn't really bobble it. It was just, she had to jump so high to get it. And then she had to kind of like gather herself. And then she, you know, squared up. She took off to her right. Oh girl. Cause she doesn't cut. She doesn't move. So at this point, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know who was over there. I don't know if, if in McDonald's mind, it was like, I'm not going to pass it to her. Cause she ain't going to shoot it or she don't have no business shooting. it. You know what I'm saying? But if she cuts to the basket, I guarantee you, there's nothing in my soul that tells me anything differently that she would have passed it. Even with the time on the clock, she probably could have made that pass and she would have had two seconds to shoot a layup. She wouldn't have had to even put it on the floor. That's how wide open she was, but I digress. Um, I think Arizona gained a lot of respect. Um, I think they will that will help them in the recruiting game. Um, I think Coach Barnes is a players' coach, and if you don't know what I mean by that, then you just don't know what I mean. Um, Players love her. She's not like some head coaches are very like brash like, I can't even explain it. They're just very, they can coach, they get the job done. They might kiki with you every once in a while, but they don't have, they have a better relationship with their assistant coaches than their head coach. With her, it's like, those are her babies. Those are her kids. She, I mean, the relationship that she has with those kids. I mean, as soon as they lost, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no telling what was going through Coach Barnes' mind. Like I'm sure it, you know, it was eating her up, but she embraced those kids. You know what I'm saying? And she didn't throw a pity party and things like that. She embraced those kids because at that moment they needed a mom figure. You know what I'm saying? They had lost a hard-fought game that they had an opportunity to you to um to win. But I definitely, you know, congratulate Arizona's program for that run they made because. Like coach said, um, nobody expected Arizona to be there at all. And, um, they proved some people wrong. And, um, I definitely applaud coach Barnes and her program for that. And, uh, congratulate you guys on the run that you made now over to Stanford. You know, Tara been there, done that. (laughs) She, you know what I'm saying? She, she's the winningest coach for a reason. Um, And I watched a little – kind of like one of them little ESPN specials. I don't even think it was ESPN. I just kind of – it was like one night after one of their games. uh, Like kind of what Stanford went through this year, their women's basketball program. I didn't know that um, of them being pretty much displaced from their gym due to the rules in their um, state. But um, that's a good story for them. They pretty much overcame adversity. Um, Jones, I love her story. I thought she played – I thought she played well. Um, I thought the twins played decent. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Stanford will be back next year, but we'll see. But I definitely think Arizona is the team to look out for. I really do think that. Um, I think now, finally, Geno has some competition on the recruiting trail. And not all the superstars want to go to UConn. You know, you got University of Louisville program you know you got Arizona you got Stanford and you know I wish on the women's side you know some some of these kids with the big names will start going to HBCU programs you know I know it's a little different on the men's side with the HBCU but the women HBCUs need you too hit up TSU Tennessee State um Clark Atlanta University all those all those places like that um you would, you would hope that those superstars will now give give them a chance. Um, but I said I wasn't going to talk about this tournament that long. I didn't talk about it for like 15 minutes now. <laughs> but uh, I can't help it. I just love basketball. But congratulations to all four teams on both sides that were in the championship games. Um, congratulations to your programs. And I am definitely look forward, uh, looking forward to March Madness next year. Now we're going to talk about the women's, uh, the WBCA. Okay. So the WBCA is the Women's Basketball Coaching Association, right? So if you're interested, um, to kind of do your own research on it, I would tell you to go to WB as in boy, C-A dot, org, dot O-R-G, Right. And then you can go on there and I just find information. And like I said, they, uh, they do have a membership. I am a part of their membership. But as of right now, it's just kind of like, I just paused it because um, I don't really use it because of the whole pandemic thing. But I would say this, uh, you should keep your membership because they always put like plays and like little conversations and all types of things on here that you can utilize uh, throughout the year, uh, which is why I normally get it. But basically you can get a membership if you're a coach. If you are an administrator, if you're a player, a fan at the professional level, collegiate or scholastic level, um, even AAU, um, you have a part in the community and then you can also, um, the big part, what I wanted to talk to you guys about is one of the best things I think that they offer is that each year during the final four, the WBCA opens up their convention, right? Right. And so within the convention, I'm going to just give you an example, because I've attended their WBCA uh, convention as a college coach um, for several years excuse me several years several years, I've attended as an AAU coach, I've attended as a high school coach, and I've attended as a semi-professional uh, women's basketball coach. And so I've attended in all those different areas, and they offer different things for each level. And basically what it is, is like I said, is always in conjunction with the women's final four and you do pay for it. Um, don't make me quote you on that price because I'm not sure. Um, but it's like you pay the membership fee and then they have like a fee depending on what level, right? So for example, I'm just looking on their website. If you're a division one head coach, it's going to cost you $225. Uh, for the membership that year, right. Um, depending on what level you are, and then you pay for the convention, how much ever they charge for the convention that year. And then you can also in your package for the convention, you can add in tickets to the final four. Yes. That's nice. (laughs) So you get to, you don't have to buy them from, you know, scalpers on the street or, you know, pay for them at the front. Um, uh, but you get pretty much get first come, you know, first dibs on those tickets. Um most of the time before because sometimes you'll see random people posting selling tickets, but they give you really I mean, for the most part, excuse me, for the most part you get decent seats. Um, but basically, I am gonna get around to it. Okay. I get to rambling sometimes. But basically what happens is the very first day you get well, typically I always get there a day before the convention. Um I guess it's like the welcome opening party, which they just started that recently in the past couple of years. Um, But that's dope. Like you go, you get to like the first day you get there, no matter it's whatever city the Final Four is in, that's where you'll be. Um, The first official day you do, I wouldn't say official day, but like that first night they have like the opening party. Um, They pretty much have free drinks, free food, and all the coaches from all levels are in there. And everybody has on like their coaches shirts, coaches gear, and you just, you just mingle. You, and even in most cases, you really use the WBCA for a, um, networking, right? And like, if you're trying to move jobs and you know, you are just trying to get a feel out, things like that, it's perfect. That WBCA is great for networking. Um, but you got the opening party. And then the next day you kind of do some of the things like they have like this thing called Turny town. That's in conjunction with the women's final four, which is where they have like different activities. Um, if you're from Atlanta, it's similar to like the NFL experience, like when the um, Super Bowl is in Atlanta and stuff like that. It's something similar like that. And they have like little concerts and they can buy gear. And then there's different booths, like from people selling like shooting machines because it's a coaches' convention. So it's like stuff like that coaches' machines selling recruiting software. I mean, it's all kinds of boosts, all kinds of things. I mean, it's the Nike reps. I mean, it's, it's like a coach's little heaven. And then you've got also like into, in addition to that, you'll have like big name coaches doing like a on court demonstration. Um, some might do, you know, a certain offense, um, running structured practices, what that looks like. Um, defensive schemes, shooting drills, like real deal stuff you can take back to your team and push your team to the, every year I go to the WBCA, my team does those drills the very next, the very next uh, season. Cause you know, it's at the end of your season. So when the season starts, we've been there cracking and they be like, coach, we, we don't even, we not even skilled enough to do this. (laughs) We doing it. Okay. We moving to the next level. Uh, But I'm a very defensive minded coaches coach. So I love, love, love all the defensive um, activities surrounding that. And then I always make sure I go to at least three things about offense, three or four uh, conversations. Cause they do have other like little set breakout sessions um throughout the entire week and it's it's so dope. Um it's such a good experience. Um I will say this. I'm going to tell you all a story about it one time. Hold on. But I'm, I'm going to come back to that. But um uh, and then you kind of and then you go to the final four games. Um typically depending on how far it is from home, I may or may not go to the championship game. Might have to catch it on TV, but it just depends on how because at the uh I guess the closest one where I've ever actually been um to the actual championship game was when it was in Indianapolis and that was because I lived in Kentucky and I drove. Um, and then I also went to the one in Columbus. Yeah. I went to the one in Columbus, Ohio. Um, just because it was close and those were really good games. Um, that's when Indiana, um, a boom balled dope. It was dope. Very dope games. Um, but, um, it's a great experience. And I, I, you know, and most of the time it's it's like some coaches do like coaching retreats at the beginning of the year. Um, if your program isn't completely poor and your coaches have to pay for everything out of their pocket. But if you do like a coach's clinic, instead of doing a coach's clinic, you should do the WBCA because you can bring your coaches with you and you guys can, can experience that at the same time. And then because I'm legit telling you, it's so much stuff on the list that if you go by yourself, right, you're not going to get everything. So if you come with your coaching staff, you can be like, okay, I'm going to hit up this this session. You go to this, 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 and you go to this, this, and this. And then we're going to come back together and we're going to make this team better. You know what I'm saying? Because you're looking for the, for the sessions that your team needs to improve on, especially if you have a young team that's coming back. And you just want to work on some, uh, you know, certain, certain things. Now, the other thing, um, that's really good about it is that, um, I just had a complete brain fart. Like my brain is like blank right now. Like there's absolutely nothing in my head, <laughs> uh, but, um, it's the, the net, I can't stress to you guys enough about the networking. Um, and it has like the the other thing I think that's really good about it that went completely flew from my mind uh, for a second is that it has sessions that cater to head coaches. It has sessions that cater to assistant coaches. Um, it has a, a whole day dedicated to high school coaches. I mean, it's just it's really good. It's and, you know, women's but I don't even know. I'm sure the men have something similar to it. I've never looked into it. But you definitely should check it out if you are listening to this and you are on the men's side of the of the game. Um, but definitely uh, what the WBCA does for women's basketball is amazing. They even have a program where kids – I keep calling them kids, but you know what I mean. When women come out of high school – college, excuse me, they're coming from a co- out of college, they have like this startup program for them because they want to be, you know, long, young coaches – And it's like a program dedicated for that. And they can get nominated and things like that um, to be a part of that. But it's so dope. And all the classes are led by coaches. All the mini session breakouts, coaches from all different levels and walks of life. So it's super dope. You get different experience. You get different um, cultures. You get, I mean, it's just, it's a great, I I can't, listen, I can talk about it all day long because the first time I went, I was like this is amazing, <laughs> but it, it's just, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just love it. And the name of that program is, so you want to be a coach. So if you know anybody and you want to send them to that website, that's thinking about being a coach, definitely nominate them for that program. Cause it's such a good program. Um, I wish that that was a thing when I graduated, um, from college, because after, when I graduated from college, the GA position, was actually had just been filled. So she was going to be there two more years. And I was like trying to get in college then, um, excuse me, grad school then um, instead of sitting. And I wish I had a program like that that I could have segued way into because um, it would have been just as good. Even if I would have had to pay for my graduate school out of pocket and do that program, I would have done it. You know what I'm saying? Because it really, really helps you with networking. Um, but that... Is pretty much what it is. Um, t- typically after that, you see the same people and you can kind of, it's its kind of cool because like the, I would say probably this, it was probably right when Coach Staley became a coach for South Carolina. Um, I was going to register to pick up my packet and she was just walking around like normal. And I don't get, like, starstruck. The only person that would ever make me starstruck is Shaq. I don't know if you ever heard me say that. Like, he would have me escorted from the building. Um, (laughs) But it was just so cool because they're so chill. And she's just walking around like a normal, you know, just like a normal coach. Um, Not one that, you know, got Olympic goals under her belt. champion. You know what I'm saying? Like, super down to earth. She was very friendly to all the registration people. And it's good to see that when a coach or a person in general, even if it's somebody that is a celebrity or not, that the things that they put out on social media adds up to who they are off the court. And I thought she was very genuine. She didn't know them people. She didn't have to be nice to them because she's Don Staley, you know, cause that's how some people think with their name, who they are. They can just treat people like anything. Uh, but she was very polite. Um, she was super cool. She said hey to me. I was like, hey, girl. I didn't say hey, girl, but I was like, hey. Because it caught me off guard that she spoke. <laughs> but Which is so crazy that it catches you off guard when people speak. That's sad. Um, but, yeah, it's a great tournament. And I'm going to say this. And I know no people probably that actually experienced uh, or experienced the WBCA aren't going to listen to this. It'll probably be people who have never heard of the WBCA or some that maybe have, but the people who volunteer at the WBCA, um, this is what I'm going to say. Let me clear my throat. throat) So I told you guys that I have attended the WBCA before as a high school coach, right? right? And typically in the high school sessions, College coaches are the ones that are leading those sessions. I'm saying this, college coaches who volunteer for those positions, don't do it because your head coach, because it's normally assistants, don't do it because your head coach is making you do it, and don't do it if your heart's not into it. Because I think that a a head coach can make you do something and you kind of get on board with it. And then there's just like, I just don't want to do this, but okay. I'll be there. And I'm going to tell you why, because some high school coaches, because I went from college to high school is why I didn't appreciate this particular incident. If, if I went from high school, if I was only in high school and was looking to get into college, it would have definitely discouraged me. Um, If I was in that situation. Um, But I went from high school to college for like six years in college. And then I went to AAU and then I went back to high school and I went to semi-professional for two years and then I went back to high school. And now I'm just kind of thinking about going back to college. I'm going to say that but we'll touch on that one, another episode. But I said all this, I said all of that to say this. So there was a session that I went to. um, Like I said, this is when I was a high school coach. There was a session that I went to and basically it was like a round table session. We stayed at like wherever you sat down, you just sat at that round table and the coaches would rotate to the different tables, right? And... The particular course actually had, um, um, a girl who I went to, uh, we played on in the, within the same organ, uh, AAU organization. And she was, um, she's, she was like best friends with my best friend. Um, but, um, I'm, I'm gonna name drop her just because, um, Tasha Butts. At the time when she was at the tournament, she was at LSU. Yeah, she was at LSU. And she just so happened to be going the same place I was going, but I was going as a high school coach, and she was going as one of the coaches to lead the roundtable. When I tell you she walked in there with paperwork, she walked in there, like, you know what I'm saying, with, like, paperwork to hand out to the people at the table, she walked in there ready to go. She looked excited about it. She looked excited to mold the minds of high school coaches who wanted to do the same thing she was doing. And it wasn't no shade, because I was on the NAI level coaching. It wasn't an NAI coach. She was a NCAA Division I Power Five coach. Came in there with enthusiasm. Came in there ready to share knowledge, excited about it. That's when you volunteer for those roundtables, that is what you should be like. That right there. If you don't have that type of energy, then you don't need to be there. Because high school coaches already are dang near terrible to me. Horrible. It's very far and few good high school coaches that actually know what they're doing and they're not a teacher who's forced to coach the game. And as y'all can see, I'm very passionate about this subject because it really ran me hot, okay? But Tasha comes in there, Power 5 coach, doing her thing, and then there's the coaches that is are, that are at my table. I'm not messy enough to say her name, but I don't even for real know her name. <laughs> That's the bad part about it. Like, you came in there all big and bad, like, I know the school, but baby girl, I don't know you, period. You I mean, you're not big enough for me to know you, right? And I feel, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I'm somebody to know somebody, but you know what I'm saying? Like, don't walk in the building like you, J-Lo, baby girl. Don't do that. But I will say this, the head coach at that same school, that's about right for the assistant to act like that. And it was the head assistant at that. So, you know, they pretty much shadow each other. You know what I'm saying? Um, She was from a power five school. One that recently became really good. I'll leave it at that. But she sat at that table and she was the rudest human being that has ever walked the face of this planet. And it's a lot of rude people. And she rubbed me the entire wrong way. And that particular, that particular weekend, and I'm not, like, everybody that knows me knows me. I don't come for people unless you start being disrespectful or rude. Then you're going to get a part of me that you don't want to see. And you're really going to try to shut it down. She better be glad that that particular weekend in Tampa, I had laryngitis or something random. Like, I, we, I traveled uh, with, with a couple of friends in a car. And I don't know if it was because of the air conditioning or what, but I could not speak. <laughs> like, my voice was gone. It was so crazy. And it was like, I had so many Because She better be glad my voice was gone because I was going to tell her, baby girl, this is not it. Because you just didn't start out as a head assistant coach. You had to start somewhere. So you need to humble yourself, baby girl, period. And that's what I would have told her. Hands down, like taking phone calls during the session, just, and then, ooh, y'all did hot about this. Like, and then, okay, <laughs> y'all can tell, like, it, it just seriously irritated me because I, I hate in the professional realm and a lot of college basketball is all about politics, because you can see a lot of coaches that coach that don't have any business being on anybody's bench, let alone as a manager, because you know them and you know they can't coach, but it was all about who they knew. No shade. They knew somebody you didn't know, right? You know what I'm saying? So you hope that they can grow so they can be – and and I'm not hating because I don't like that they got the job. I don't like that though that, that coach who you know can't coach – is going to be molding a child, right, with zero knowledge. That's crazy to me. Listen, if I ever got a head coaching job, I pretty much know right now who I would hire. Not because they're my friends, but because purely their knowledge. They are good coaches, and my main thing, they're good people. That's important to me. So anyway, one of the, this is, this is the last, this is, this was my last straw that if they had not said the session was over, I was going to get up and walk out. Like I said, she was already on the phone, which I thought that was rude as, it was rude. You sitting at the table, it's rude. Get up and go outside and take the call if it's that important. And she was trying to get out of it on the call. Do you need me over there? Do you do you need me to come? Girl, sit down. Don't nobody need you anywhere. And then she, what, like I said, the last straw, is one of the guys sitting at the table, Um, he said, you know, how can I get into college coaching? Do you know what that lady said to him? Yeah, you probably won't. I'm and I'm not lying. Like I'm not exaggerating, I'm not lying. The people at the round table, their faces said everything. It was screaming louder, but she better be glad that I couldn't talk. <laughs> and she was like, "No, you probably won't." She's like, "Unless you have a player, you might get considered." And and that mentality is so her head coach. Like not a good dude to me. Just not. Like fat shaming your players in public. Like, that's so disrespectful. And you're a whole man. And you didn't coach. Ooh. Ooh. Listen, don't get me started. Don't get. I don't like that. I don't like coaches who degrade women. Period. If a player needs to lose weight, that is a conversation you need to have with them in your office in private. Period. If you think you need to publicly fat shame somebody, you don't need to be coached. Just like you blow an 18... Never mind. I'm going to chill. I'm going to chill. But pretty much, his assistant coach, who he had sitting at the table, act just like him. And people are like, oh, well, you don't know. No, no. I've seen enough to make my... To make... You know, to come to that conclusion. Um, but yeah, I thought it was mad disrespectful. But that was my only bad experience. And like I said, I've been to the WBCA for years. Um, and overall, even that Tampa WBCA was amazing, it was so good. Even that round table, the other coaches that rotated around were very good. So, if you're gonna volunteer for those things, please have your heart in the right place because you are very, very, very unwanted if it's not. Um, but Women's Basketball Coaches Association, keep doing your thing. I hope you guys come back with a vengeance. I hope COVID was not too tough on you guys um, but we're ready. We're ready for a final four. Um, I don't even know where it is in 2022. That's so crazy to say. Um, but we're ready. We're ready. And I hope you guys are able to check them out and actually go visit, but, um, we're going to have a good episode for you on Sunday. You guys have a good rest of your week. Enjoy your Friday. Um, be safe, be blessed. And I'll see you on Sunday. Take care guys.